And welcome back to the Yes Functional Longevity Podcast. We give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Uh, my name is Chris Board, a best-selling author of the book Get Stronger, Live Longer, the expert guide to strength training for longevity, and owner of Yes Fitness for now 25 years. It's official. We have been in business for 25 years. That's a long time to be walking through those doors. Helped a lot of people over those 25 years, and I hope that uh, I can give you some information today that will... Uh, help you with your lives. So just some real quick housekeeping here. If you want to get a transcript or a um, um, show notes, you can head on over to yesfitnessct.com. Scroll down to hit the button podcast and you can get any one of our now 239 episodes. You can also get our broadcast wherever you normally get your podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. So that's it for today. I want to get right into it. We have a special guest today. His name is Gabe Perez, a.k.a. the Movement Mentor. And Gabe's going to come to us today. He's going to talk about pain and a little bit different um, outlook on pain and how we can view it and some things we can do to live a longer, healthier, more active life. So let me give you a little bit of idea who Gabe is. He is a doctor of physical therapy from Arcadia University. He has his master's in physical therapy from California State University, Northridge. He has a bachelor's degree in healthcare administration from California State University, Northridge. And he has his master's in business administration with West from Western Governors University. I don't know if there's much more that you can possibly learn here, Gabe. Uh, he has his certification in um, orthopedic certified specialist from the American Physical Therapy Association, and he has a certification in vestibular and concussion rehabs. So that's from the American Institute of Balance. So we may get into balance a little bit today. Um, amongst other places, he is currently um, a clinical specialist physical therapist at Kaiser Performance Spine Center in Antelope Valley. So you, you probably don't know who Gabe is because he's all of his experience and where he's at is in California, but I can tell you he knows his stuff. Uh, a couple of things to think about here today. We're going to talk about pain science in the Postural Restoration Institute. Uh, he's very interested in that. Uh, some personal interests of Gabe. Is he, he's a gym guy like the rest of us, right? Uh, he owns a dog named Keto. He's got a beautiful wife, Jessica, who is also a PT. So I imagine what they're talking about at the dinner table. And they are attempting to grow a family, which you know we love our strong family values here. I have four kids uh, spread out all over the, the country, and he likes to get he likes to travel. So his purpose, which I will state, but we'll try to get into a little bit more, is helping people make everyday tasks and activities easier through exercise, conditioning, and education. So let's bring uh, Gabe on board here with us right now. Good afternoon, Gabe. Thanks for coming on board. Hey, Chris. Nice to be here. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to, I mean, you've got a ton of experience here. I'm um, really looking forward to dive into sir, your, your view on pain and, and things like that. But before we get started, uh, tell us how we come, we, who, who is Gabe? I mean, you're the movement mentor. <laughs> so what, what does that all mean? How did that come about? Where, where did you, where did so, you from? so about last year I was, um, I was kind of in a transition from working just as a, from a hospital based outpatient clinic. I was a supervisor and, um, I got the job at Kaiser as a clinical specialist in spine care. Um, but I wanted to not, cause right now I'm currently seeing mainly spine patients. So I didn't want to lose my, um, treatment of like, you know, ankles, knees, shoulders, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I wanted to keep that going. 
because it, it's such a special role at what I'm doing at Kaiser. I work in the pain management department and um, we see pa- we see patients, myself and a nurse practitioner, we see patients who just recently injured their spine, like whether it's a neck injury, like a car accident, a mm-hmm. uh, strain of their low back, like they picked up something heavy. And we see them when they first injure their back. So these are people, these are people that have never hurt themselves before in their back or their spine. And um, our goal is to keep them from turning into chronic pain patients. So it was such a unique role. I had to take it. But again, I didn't want to lose my um, I didn't want to lose my skills in treating other uh, body parts. So I created the movement mentor and I wanted to, you know, I just put like short videos online um, information just to help people maybe not necessarily need PT, but they start to notice things that are getting a little harder, like getting out of a chair, you know, reaching for stuff overhead. I want them to start doing things before they need to go to the medical route, at least get it, you know, try these things first. And then if you really are having trouble, then you go see a PT, then you go see your doctor, but I want to get you going. So that way you don't have to necessarily go down that road of medical care. You can do it from your home and, um, you know, kind of prevent a lot of these things from turning into something bigger. Well, I can completely understand. I mean, you, if you get involved in one area, just the spine, if you're there for too long with the way I know the fitness industry changing and the physical mm-hmm. therapy industry is changing all the time, you're going to be passed by pretty quickly, right? So you right. need to be able to get back into there if that's your interest to be able to stay on top of that all the time. That's, uh, that's probably a good move. I mean, you're going to be a very well-rounded physical therapist, correct? Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I, I like I said, I love treating all like I love treating like vestibular patients, people with concussions, all these things. But again, you know, working primarily in the spine center, it makes it a little more difficult. I actually also work um, a few weekends a month at the hospital at a acute care hospital in LA, um, doing acute care PT. So I see people after their surgeries, after traumas, you know, gunshot wounds, all kinds of stuff. But we're still doing PT interventions in the hospital with them. You do realize that you need to take a break from work if you're really looking to. Start I know, family, you know, right? I, I'm going crazy, especially when we're, with us trying to have a kid. You know. <laughs> so, what is your view on pain? How would so, you describe it? So pain, um, you know, I recently took this course regarding pain um, by Adrian Lowe. He's a he's a big he's big in the PT world in regards to pain science. And it kind of blew my mind. So it it changed my view on how I look at pain. So, you know, most people, when they feel pain, they're like, oh, yeah, there must be something wrong with me. Like, you know, there must be some sort of tissue damage. And for the most part, that's true. Like, you know, you stub your toe, you know, you should feel pain because it's your it's your body's way of letting your brain know, hey, there's something wrong. You need to do something about it. It's a very important thing to have. And there's certain conditions that. Um, people don't feel pain and those people don't tend to survive very long because there's so many hazards in the world that we need to avoid and pain is something that's there to protect you. Now, the way that um, chronic pain works is you may not even have an issue with your tissue. Like you, you know, you might've sprained your ankle, you know, months ago, but you're still dealing with the pain, even though the tissue's healed. And that's more of a pain issue where there's um there's either a hypersensitivity or your your body's always on high alert where you're constantly feeling pain when there's not necessarily a threat so that the looking at pain more as a threat indicator rather than a tissue damage indicator is really what 
kind of struck me. Very interesting. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. oh, do you treat that differently than when someone is in the, f the first type of pain you spoke about? So, yes. Yeah, so it, the pain is very complex. It's not like a simple, like do this and you should feel better. And for a lot of people that does work, like I give them a few exercises, you know, they understand why they hurt themselves. There's a mechanism of injury, like that person that sprains their ankle, you know, they're playing basketball, they sprain their ankle, their ankle, their ligaments got a little bit overstretched. So now we need to build up some stability and work on a little bit of balance training to re, um, re-educate the ankle into saying, okay, I'm aware of my body position. So that's more straightforward. And the person tends to understand that usually a little bit easier. It's these people that come in where they, they come in, they're like, yeah, I've been having pain for five years. I really don't know what caused it, but I've been having this pain and it's getting worse. Those are what we consider yellow flags. Like you don't really remember what caused your pain, but you remember that it just started quite a while ago. So we do treat them a little different because we need to get a, an intake of, are you under any stress? Are you, um, do you have any pa uh, past traumas? And it doesn't have to be physical trauma. It could be emotional trauma. It could be post-traumatic stress. Like you were in a, you know, you saw some sort of trauma, like, you know, like for instance, a gunshot wound victim or somebody that's in a neighborhood where there's a lot of gun violence, you know, they see people get hurt may not have happened to themselves, but that anxiety level increases. So now things that may not have normally hurt, like, yeah, you picked up something a little heavy and it was a little bit too much, you know, you're meant to pick up things, you're meant to pick up heavy objects, but that might've triggered that emotional response. And now you're having a hypersensitivity to even basic things like putting on shoes. So, you know, we do treat them a little different, but we have to look at the whole picture, not just, um, not just like the musculoskeletal system. So you would, you would treat them in emotionally as well or, or mentally? Yeah. So a lot of it. Yeah. So a lot of what I'm doing now isn't necessarily like hands-on, like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do a joint mobilization. I'm going to crack your back. I'm not doing as much of that. What I'm doing is I'll talk to them about, do you understand what pain is? I'll educate them on, this is what pain is. And I'll say, you know, pain's a, it's a, it's your nervous system's response to a threat. And when they start to think of it that way, they'll start to tell me things like, oh yeah, you know, I don't remember a trigger that caused my back pain to occur. Like I didn't pick up something heavy, but I remember I was going through a divorce at that time. So they'll start, they'll start giving you information as to what might've been an emotional trigger in that time in their life. And then it's kind of like a light bulb goes off. And at that point, again, I'm not a psychotherapist, I'm a physical therapist. Mm -hmm. So at that point we have a, um, it's a, it's a pain psychologist. So it, it would be, she's a psychologist that specializes in pain. So we would refer her to that pain psychologist if it's something that is the bigger cause of their pain. So, you know, we work collaboratively with other professionals that help deal with manage pain. And it's, and again, our goal is to not put them on medication either. So, you know, treating people with, we have to figure out kind of what might be the cause of the cause root of their pain, such as an emotional trauma, and then go from there. It, it sounds so much more interesting with just that total global view than somebody just coming in with some 
tendonitis elbow, right? It, yeah. it makes it so much more interesting. So when someone comes in like that, do you start where where does the process start? Does it start with that psychological or does it start with some of the physical? How does that start? So I tend to so I work with a nurse practitioner. So in our in our pain um in our spine center department. So it's her and I, we do a subjective interview. That's where we ask questions. We try to figure out why the person's here, what they're looking for, if we can even help them. So we usually start the interview with, um, so why are you here? What's going on? And, and again, we have the, they're usually referred to us from like urgent care or um, primary care. So they do see their doctor because that's usually where you go when you first access the medical system. So we have an idea of why they're here. They'll say something like, oh, low back pain or neck pain or whatever, car accident or chronic low back pain for five years. So we go from there, we ask some questions and then, you know, we get a feel for when did this pain start? How long have you had the pain or what triggers your pain or what do you think caused the pain? And usually from their story, we can kind of tell where they're, where this interview is going to be headed. So that's where I start seeing, okay, um, I try to look for inconsistencies in what they're telling me. So some people will say something like, yeah, I can't pick up a heavy box, but, um, you know, I can, I can tie my shoes or, you know, I can't, I can't lift my child, but, you know, I can sit for a long period of time. These are all flexion based activities. So, if you're if you're if it's a true like muscle issue or some there should be some sort of pattern uh -huh. you know what i mean so like all most flexion activities for some of these people like with the muscle strain should be uncomfortable whether it's loaded or unloaded but if there's inconsistencies i might say okay well you know or if it's work related you know sometimes these people come in they're trying to play the system and they'll say oh yeah you know i can't do this i can't do this at work but yet they're doing similar activities at home. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to figure, figure the patient out when we see them. And again, we're not assuming that they're lying to us because we, we, you know, we trust that they're telling the truth, but the inconsistencies are usually the first key of where the, how to guide this uh, treatment. So often we have a client come in that will tell us, yeah, my back hurts. And it's, it's always hurt. It's hurt for a long time now. Mm -hmm. They've been to physical therapy even after physical therapy, it still bothers them. How do you see this type of approach filtering into all physical therapy or is it just going to be specialized areas of that? So where, where would a person, person turn to if they have that same issue? Because you know how often somebody comes in, well, yeah, the doctor told me I need to strengthen my core. Well, yeah. We all need to strengthen our core. That's probably right. not what could be part of the issue, but it's probably not the issue. So well, and, and a lot of, and the strange thing is a lot of these people with chronic pain, they're not necessarily weak. Right. You know what I mean? You know, we, we want to try to, the problem with the current system is we're trying to link some sort of, um, you know, musculoskeletal root cause to their problem. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we want to say, yeah, it's a tight muscle. Oh, it's a weak muscle. Oh, you know, you're, you're not moving correctly. And, and again, those things are factors in, you know, certain tasks, like you do need to move correctly. You do need to have good form. You do need to do things correctly to prevent injury. However, if the person saying, yeah, I have back pain all the time and nothing really changes it, 
it might be a pain processing issue. So that area of pain might have been hypersensitized when they actually heard it, you know, years ago. If it, and again, I'm saying this as though they had a mechanism of injury. Right. But um, your body responds to the painful area by saying, okay, we need to protect this area. We need to let it heal, which is great. You need to do that. But then the, the tendency is to not use that area for fear of re-injury. So now you're training your brain to say, oh, okay, I can't do this because I might re-injure it. So now when we go and do things that are similar to the tasks that might have caused this pain, now we're going to associate those movements with pain. And it's not necessarily that the, the tissue is injured because the tissue healed. It's just now that your brain's processing any sensation in that area as painful when it doesn't necessarily warrant it. So that's the issue that we're facing. And what we need to do for treating those types of patients is it's called graded exposure. It's where you 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 kind of slowly expose that tissue to these painful um, these painful mechanisms, and then you you kind of you touch on that period that level of pain and you back off. And then the next time you go through it, you do a little bit more exposure and then you back off. So you're kind of, it, it's like it said, graded exposure. You're trying to gently show the patient, you're really training the brain that it's okay to do these motions because the back is strong. Like we, we need to get out of this. Um, we need to get out of this mindset that, oh, we need, our back is delicate. No, the back's meant to be strong. It's just when you expose it to things that it's not used to, that's where you get into trouble. Yeah, this fear of movement is going to cause a mess all the way up and down the chain of the body because you're trying oh, yeah. to get part of the body when really it's you're doing more damage by doing that, correct? Oh, yeah, definitely. It, it, the fear of movement is probably – we call it fear avoidance. Mm -hmm. It's probably one of the biggest things – the hard, one of the hardest things that we have to deal with because as physical therapists, we make people move. At least most of us do. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we force you to move, we force you to do things. We, we make you use that tissue that hurts, mm -hmm. but if you're fearful of it and it's going to be hard for us to do anything with you, if you're having that fear, but if you can't do anything to manage that, that patient's going to come out of there saying, oh, well, PT didn't work. You know, I don't want to move. I'm not going to move. The doctor said I had a herniated disc, you know, I, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. You know, so then you get down into that row and then that that patient might be lost and then it becomes more, more and more sedentary, more and more issues as we age. Right. So the Postural Restoration Institute, talk to oh, about yeah. that because I have looked into that over the years, obviously being a coach and um, you can go down a real big rabbit hole with that. And there are some things. Yes. That we, there are some things that we put into our programming to address it. But how, how does that first explain what the Postural Restoration Institute is. So again, I'm, I've just recently dove into that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've taken one course last year and then the second course this year, the foundational courses. I'm still trying to integrate it with what I do, right. but it's, it's a very like, it's a very specific, you know, exercise based interventions for people. Um, so the, the basic premise of the Postural Res Restoration Institute is that we, we naturally have asymmetries in our body. So, you know, and it's based on a lot of things. It's based on like, we tend as humans, we tend to stand on our right leg a little bit more than our left. And that causes issues because of that. And a lot of it has to do with our organ placement because our organs aren't 
you know, we have our, our heart on the left side, you know, we have our lungs, our liver, you know, it's large and it, you know, it's on one side. So it affects the positioning of our, of our uh, posture. So, um, you know, uh, our goal with this is to be able to move in a recipro reciprocal motion, but also accounting for the asymmetries. And a lot of people are dysfunctional in terms of their, in the way they think in, um, we have patterns that we fall into based on just normal everyday things. Mm. One of the things that they are very big on is we're always on our right side because the world is kind of oriented to the right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, most people are right-handed, but then, you know, we tend to, we tend to do things to the right a lot and you might not notice it all the time, but you might be standing on your right leg, you know, you, you, you know, when you're doing, um, like, I guess like a track athlete, they're, you know, they're running to the left, but, you know, they tend to be on the right side of their foot a lot. So there's a lot of, a lot of weird things that they, they talk about, but, you know, when you think about it, it does make sense. So I'm trying to get into it more. It's just, I have to really review a lot of this material to kind of make it work in what, with what I do. Yeah. We, we just found that, um, first again, it's a, it's a rabbit hole. You really uh, yeah. do a lot, a lot to it. And for, for our, um, environment being a coaching center, mm -hmm. people want to come in and get a workout. So right. we will, we will incorporate some of their methodologies into what we do, but if they don't leave feeling like they got a workout in, then they're not going to keep coming back. Whereas I believe. Right. And that's, and that, and it might, I think it might work more. It might work a little easier for a physical therapist because mm -hmm. our goal is to get you just to be able to move, move well. So you mm -hmm. can go to the gym. And you can be seen by the coach and you, you don't, you won't necessarily have to worry about injuring yourself. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, that makes sense as to what you're saying. Yeah. And, and a PT, you know, they should leave like they accomplished something. They should feel better. However, you know, the depends on what they need, you know, it depends on why they're seeing you as a PT. So you mentioned way back in the beginning in the intro that um, you post videos online on Instagram with we'll yes. your, your tags out there and stuff like that in a second. Is that geared more towards just helping people move better and stay out of physical therapy or is it any of it geared towards the, the pain approach that you have? So I, you know, with social media, you know, you have to post a lot. You have to post oh, yeah. a lot of information, you know, this. So okay. um, my goal with it is, I try to make it so a lot of the things online right now mm -hmm. are oh here's a rotator cuff exercise mm -hmm. or here's a knee exercise to me it's like okay if i'm not a gym person i'm looking i'm trying to look at it as a person that doesn't work out that isn't very active you know they just need some sort of solution to their problem so to me if you're looking up physical therapists online and they're just showing you a bunch of exercises but with no context that's where I try to differentiate myself. Mm -hmm. So mine will be like, Oh, are you having trouble? Like, you know, um, like scratching your back or reaching up for this cup or driving your car, mm -hmm. you know, then I try to give it some sort of context as to why this exercise might help you. And then that's where I kind of go. And I try to make the videos geared towards that. And so to answer your question, yeah, my goal with these exercises is not necessarily to stop people from going to physical therapy. It's really just to maybe initiate something with you before you need to 
before you need to go see a physical therapist in a formal setting. Because a lot of the times, a lot of the things I see in the clinic, even when I was, wasn't working in the spine center was, man, if this person had only done this, like maybe a few years ago, it probably would have stopped them from having to see me now. Not that I don't want to see them because that's how mm -hmm. I make money. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I try to see, I try to find patterns of experience with my experience as to dang, this person really could have just done this and it would have saved them a lot of trouble in the long run. Well, we're talking about this. Where, where, where can my audience see these videos? Uh, so on Instagram, it's um, at the movement mentor. So it's movement under like underscore mentor. I'm also on YouTube under the same name, Facebook under the same name. I'm even on TikTok. It's like movement mentor one on TikTok. So, and, and again, you, you know, any, anywhere you find me, I'm, you know, it's usually the same material, but the goal is again, you know, I try to put things out every week. So, you know, there's always something new. So that's, uh, that's kind of where I, I like to just make sure I don't lose my skills in certain things. Uh, whenever, I don't say whenever, but it's, it's nice. We're very informational as well in, in the information that we give out on social media. We always like to try to what we call identify a pain point, whatever it might right. be, um, whether it's movement or eating or sleeping, whatever it is, we kind of want to identify something so that you know what you're going to be watching and hopefully right. get some kind of solution to their problem. Again, we're not physicians. We're not doctors. We don't know right. everything. But it, like you say, it's a place to start. If you're having a problem reaching for that, that can in the cupboard and you're getting some shoulder pain, Let's think about doing this before you have to go to physical therapy three times a week for an hour for six or eight weeks, right? Because that is right. a huge and, disruption. And I do. And so even on my page, I do include some weightlifting like um, mm -hmm. suggestions because at the end of the day, it's either like a pushing, a pulling, a reaching activity, whether you're reaching for a cup or, you know, you're reaching overhead with like a, you know, like a military press. It's the same motion. It's just under different contexts and different loads, but the mechanics are the same. So, you know, even, even if it, even if my page doesn't want uh, like, you know, strike something with you, you know, you still might be able to find something about, you know, weight training and things like that. Cause the, like I said, the mechanics are the same. It's just the context is different. Let's switch gears here for a second. Uh, sure. I know that we've mentioned that, you deal with a lot of people with balance issues. Oh, yeah. Real big concern. My average age clientele is 57 years old, male and female. Uh, it's always a concern for them. And we find it very often when someone first comes in our door and we put them through a, a functional movement screen. Yep. And they do the inline lunge and they can't stand with their feet stacked. And they, right. they didn't even realize that. So um, it becomes a right then and there, it becomes a goal. Oh, yeah, you know, I want to do that as well. I need to improve my balance. What do you find is the um, two or three things that people don't do that affects their balance down the road? So with balance, um, I'm just going to try to like summarize balance for a yeah. bit. So with balance, there's, there's four systems. So mm -hmm. you have your vision. You have your proprioception, which is kind of your movement sense. It's like where you are in space. And then you have your vestibular, which is your inner ear that orients your head to where you are in space. Like, so if I close my eyes or if you ever go on a roller coaster, you know how you feel sick sometimes you, that that's your inner ear. That's your vestibular yeah. system. It's because you've been spinning around 
And now that vestibular system is moving around as well. And it's giving signals to your brain like, oh, hey, I'm moving around. But when when the when the ride stops, that system's still going around. That's why there's a disconnect between your vision and your what's actually happening. Um, and then and the lastly, it's the strength. So, you know, if you don't have strength, it doesn't matter what these other systems are doing. You're not going to be able to hold yourself up. Right. So, you know, I, I think with um, balance is so the things that most people aren't doing, most people aren't strengthening, right. especially as they're older, their age. So that's probably the easiest thing to address. You can get stronger pretty easily. Um, mm -hmm. You just start on a, like a light training, like weight training program, you know, that kind of thing. But if you're having issues with the other systems, that's a little more difficult to treat. So as physical therapists, we don't really treat the vision. So that would be something like, you know, um, you'd have to see your optometrist, ophthalmologist. Um, the proprioception, though, that's something we can help with and the vestibular. So if those systems are a little weakened, because so I, a way you want to look at the inner ear, you know, the reason why when you get older, it might be a little more difficult to ride roller coasters is because you really don't expose yourself to spinning things very often. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're a kid, you're doing somersaults, you're running around, you're, you know, you're playing sports, you're doing all these things that you're constantly spinning around, you're, you're exposing yourself to these motions. So the vestibular system is getting the exercise it needs for it to stay strong. And as you age, obviously, all your systems kind of deteriorate. But again, the biggest thing is you're not exposing yourself to these motions. So if the vestibular system is weak, that might be something to work on. And that's usually what we do in PT in a controlled environment. We kind of try to get them to do like head turns, quick head turns, looking mm -hmm. up and down, you know, while walking and trying to keep get them to keep their balance when while doing so. Or we have them distracted, like I'll have them read cards and they have to read the numbers off the card or add the numbers together while they're turning their head. So these are all like little, they look silly, but the goal at the end of the day is stimulate that vestibular system. And the proprioception, you'll see a lot of people doing things on balance pads, um, things with their eyes closed, you know, things like that, or they're moving and they're trying to, um, they'll move, they'll do things in front of a mirror, they'll feel what their body's doing, and then they try to do the same thing with their eyes closed and try to move the same in the same technique. That way they can kind of mimic it, not using their vision to control everything, but using their body sense. We, we kind of try to separate it two different ways here. We have our balance, which a lot of people don't like to do because they think that it's just a little silly things. Yep. And then we have the strength portion of it. Where we really take a look at our fall prevention is what we call it. Yep. Where we're trying to work on, deceleration power just overall body strength and we try to address it in two different ways because the balance thing it gets a little they think it's silly but it's not right because it is challenging the a lot of it a lot challenge. of it is education yes and yeah it's it's they don't feel like it's a workout right because they no. want to have it to be a workout but it's a workout on the vestibular system right or the proprioception system yep. that is important for the balance so that we don't have to utilize the fall prevention aspects of it. Interesting stuff. So I'm going to head back to the beginning again here a little bit, because the things that we spoke about, about pain and, and your, how you address it and how you look at it, you're in the West coast. Yep. I mean, there might be people listening to me in the West coast, but I know my clients in Burlington, Connecticut, 
probably aren't going to head to west the west coast if they haven't seen that's fine issues. so how do they how do they find somebody who's addressing it like this because we have we have an excellent physical therapist four doors down from me right uh, who has five or six different facilities uh but how would we find someone is going to have that holistic look at it rather than just the musculoskeletal type thing i think what you need to look for is um what I would ask is, are any of your therapists, you know, pain science trained or do they have any experience with pain science? Because I'm really interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you call a place and you say, hey, I'm looking to get rid of my pain, most PTs are going to take, they're going to take you because, you know, they're going to look at you and say, yeah, you know, if they look at you, the like if they're just looking at you from like a tissue damage aspect, they're going to say, yeah, we'll get your ankle moving better. We get your knee, we'll get your knee stronger. You know, we're going to do all the normal PT things, so which is great. But at the same time, if they're leaving out that, you know, cognitive aspect or that neuroscience aspect, mm-hmm. then that's a big chunk that they might be leaving out. But again, it's the pain science is not relatively new, but it is something that's becoming more popular. So it and it's not just in California. It's all over the all over the United States, Australia, Europe. Mm-hmm. So um my, I, the first thing I would ask if you're interested in looking at your pain that way would be to ask if any of your therapists are, you know, have any pain science education background or pain neuroscience education. And, um, you know, I'd like to maybe talk to them and see, you know, if this might be, this might help with my pain. And usually if you tell them, I've tried the traditional PT, I've tried, you know, just general exercise, you know, and I'm still having some chronic pain issues that might be something that they might um, steer you in the right direction mm-hmm. because they don't want to, you know, they don't want to give you the same things you've already done and it's not helping you. Right. That's, that's great advice because I know there's yeah. going to be some people that are going to take advantage of that because they've had that issue. They've had their, whatever it might be, their back or their knee, shoulder, whatever it is. And they've gone to physical therapy and physical therapy just so okay, we've done everything we can possibly do. Right. Um, as you know, many times when you leave physical therapy, you still have some discomfort and yeah. discomfort's going on and on and on. And they're exercising. They're doing all the things that we need to do. But there's still that, that, you know, that knot in the back, whatever it might be. And uh, it'll be a nice way for them to take another look at it, a different avenue. It, and, and again, yeah. a, lot of the, a lot of pain is, um, mm-hmm. if you just understand it a little bit better, you'll, and a lot of the times your pain is that anxiety of, you know, I don't know why I'm having pain. I go to the doctor, they did an MRI, they did an x-ray, they've done these lab tests, everything's normal, but I'm still in pain. So that in and of itself causes an anxiety or emotional response. And if you're constantly in that and you're, you know, you're, if you're a type A person, you're like, I got to find the reason for this. I got to do something about it. And it's disheartening when the medical system's letting you down and you don't know why. Again, doesn't mean that the, just because we're talking about this pain neuroscience, it's not, it's very complex. Pain's very mm-hmm. complex. So it's not at least one thing, what the one thing is understanding what pain is, but then having to deal with that and trying to, you know, emotionally accept it and trying to, you know, do some of these things that are, you know, they might seem silly too. They may not be like that big exercise workout that you're looking for, like a lot of your clients are, mm-hmm. you know, but it might be more of a, um, you know, just doing like mindfulness training, getting better sleep, improving your nutrition, all these things have an effect on your pain, just like they have an effect on your body in general, that, 
you know, might take a while for you to see any um, benefit from. But that's the thing. We live in a society where we want a quick, you know, fix for everything. Yeah. And pain's complex. And especially if you're a patient and you come to see me and you're like, yeah, I've been in pain for 10 years. And then we, I see patients typically um, once every two weeks. So I don't see them every two days, like, or twice a week, like a lot of PTs. So they come in, I give them this information, I give them this education, I give them things to do. And then they're like, they come back in two weeks and they're like, yeah, I feel about the same. And I, and then we have to kind of really dig into that and say, okay, you feel the same. Your pain levels are the same. Are you able to sit longer? Oh yeah, I can sit a little longer. Okay. Are you able to, you know, play with your grandkids a little bit longer? Oh yeah, I, I am doing that. So even though their intensity of the pain is the same, the tolerance for the pain might be improved. So that's, that is something to think about in terms of, yeah, I am improving. Yeah. My pain intensity is the same, but I'm able to do things better. I'm able to do things longer. I'm able to function better. I can go enjoy myself a little bit longer, even though I still have pain. So that's, that's something that a lot of patients, they think it's black and white and it's not. It's not. I mean, there's oftentimes as we're dealing with someone that has some discomfort, or some, I don't like to say pain because usually if it's pain, we're, we're right. referring them out, but they have some kind of discomfort. And um, you'll say, we'll talk to every time they come in, we'll talk to them about it. And they say, you know, I didn't have it as much. I didn't have it. You know, I haven't had it yep. for a couple of days now. So when we hear that, we know we're headed in the right direction because oh, if yeah. we, can, we can lengthen the amount of time. And you don't have that discomfort. That means whatever we're doing is working. If after a few weeks, we still have that same level, then we have to try to change what we're doing. We have to change, take a look at things well, a little differently. Yeah. And, and movement is the best thing for pain. Mm -hmm. So doesn't matter what it is. It could be weight training, could be cardio, could be swimming, could be just taking a walk. One of the things we just tell patients to do, we need you to go on a walk daily, 10, 15 minutes, because the blood circulation to that area where your nerves are hypersensitive, if you get more blood flow to that area, the nervous system sees, oh, I, I'm getting more blood flow to this area. There's less of a threat. So what does it do? It desensitizes those nerves. Mm -hmm. And we, we avoid trying to say your brain because the nervous system incorporates your brain, your spinal cord and your nerves. But the moment I say brain, I say, oh yeah, this is how your brain processes these things. That's, I've had bad situations where the patient comes back and they're mad and they're like, well, you told me this was all in my head. <laughs> and and right. they're not wrong. Right. Because they're right. It, it, I mean, it's right. their nervous system, but it's mm -hmm. not, I'm not saying they're, it's not a psychiatric thing. They are experiencing pain. All, all pain is real. Right. So whether you think, whether there's no tissue damage or not, you are experiencing pain. Um, a, a good story is, you know, well, I, to, to kind of just get into it, there's a story of a man who he was at a construction site he there was an accident where a nail gun went off and the nail went into his head but he he with all the commotion he didn't realize it he just thought oh you know i'm gonna go to the hospital whatever they take an x-ray of his head there's a big nail in his head he wasn't aware of it he didn't feel any pain wow. but that was because his nervous system wasn't attuned to the threat it didn't realize there was a threat so it he didn't experience pain despite there being obvious tissue damage and luckily he didn't hit anything important in his brain, but there, you know, you have a nail in your head. So that's, it's the, the nervous system is very complex. 
on the other hand, there's people where um, they they do these experiments where they have their arm in a box and then they have a fake arm right next to them. And then somebody will jump out and stab the fake arm. And then all of a sudden they're, they're, re, they're bringing their arm back. They feel mm-hmm. pain as though they got hurt. But in reality, nothing happened to them. But they're experiencing it because they perceived a threat and their body did what it's supposed to do and pulled their arm back made them feel some sort of discomfort because it wants to get you out of that situation. Like most systems in the body, the nervous system is very complex. Yes. If anybody tells you otherwise, they're wrong. (laughs) Exactly. 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 So is there, is is there anything else to put an end to this a little bit? Um, Like bring it all together for us. Um, what my clients should be thinking about, what what, we, what what the people who listen to should be thinking about, and in the direction that should be going in, as we as relation to to pain science, because it's completely new to me. I've never thought about it this way, and and I'm going to start looking into it a little bit more myself personally. Um, I I think what you need to realize with pain is pain's normal. It's mm-hmm. normal to have pain. It's a good thing. It's it's our response to a threat. So. Um, when your pain lasts longer than is expected, and, and, and that means in terms of like tissue damage, you know, it may be a pain processing problem. And it's not just in regards to, you know, me avoiding activity. It's more of what other things are going on in my life. Am I having increased stress? Am I not sleeping well? Am I not eating well? Am I not drinking enough water? Like, you know, the normal things that we tell people in the healthcare and fitness industry you know, all these things that have an effect on your body, they have an effect on your pain processing in your nervous system. So if you're, if you try to make yourself a little more healthy, your pain processing should be improved as well. But I, I think the biggest thing is the emotional component and um, trying to keep your emotional health, uh, your mental health in check, because we see a lot of people that have chronic pain have depression, anxiety, and it may not be necessarily from their pain. They might have had it prior to the pain, but the pain is contributing to it and worsening those those conditions. So now you have somebody with chronic pain and they're already depressed and they're already anxious. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a bad combination. So that would be my suggestion is if you get anything out of this is realize pain's complex. Our emotional health is important and that, um, you know, don't be afraid of your pain, but, you know, really try to understand what it is and then all the things that we can do to help you with it. Mindset is always such a big part of so much in our lives. And what we always talk about it for longevity that, you know, you need to have the right mindset if you think you're going to live a long time. So it sounds like you need to have the right mindset if you don't want to have chronic pain, right? (laughs) That, that is true. (laughs) That's true. So, well, I really appreciate you taking some time to talk to us today. It's a very interesting subject. I love being here. It was great. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd love to do it again in the future if you have me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And if anybody, again, if they're looking for what we spoke about today, you can find our podcast and, and what so forth. But if you're interested in um, Gabe's information on a consistent basis, you can check him out at movement underscore mentor on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, any one of those spots. Oh, I'm yeah. sure if you had any questions, shoot him a message. He'd be more than happy to ask the question for him. I can, I can tell the passion that he has for this. 
Um, and, yeah. and any of us in the industry, we're always looking at new things, trying to figure some stuff out. And I'm definitely going to, uh, to start to take a little bit more look at with pain science. So uh, thanks again for coming on board. And, yeah, no uh, problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about coming on again another sometime. So all right, I'd love to. Thank you. Yeah. So I hope this information was helpful, everyone. Help them make it a little fit, feel younger, live better. And you can find more information like that for me next Tuesday at the same time. And um have a great evening. Thanks. Thank you.